Good morning. Good morning. I hope you had a, a great Christmas. I hope all the busyness has kind of calmed down a little bit and you've had an opportunity to relax. But I hope you had a great time with your family and, and those that you love. You know, uh, when we fall into the middle between the new year and Christmas, this is a time when a lot of introspection goes on. This is a time when God really seems to speak a lot to my heart. And and even though this has been a difficult year, 2020, I mean, it's like, wow, what a year. I mean, it really has been crazy. But as crazy as it's been and as difficult as it's been at times, I really have sensed that God has been leading us, that he really has been walking with us throughout the whole process. Um, so what I did was I started reviewing some of the things that he talked to us about here at Crosstown, the series that God put on my heart. Now, let me just say something about series. Series are rarely things that I just talk about because, well, we need to talk about that. But rather, they tend to be things that uh, have kind of come out of my heart. They've come out of the moment of what God's doing at Crosstown or or maybe what's going on around us culturally. So the series seemed to reflect like a step of God leading us into a, uh, an understanding or some inspiration. So as I was looking at it, all the series appeared to be like bricks that were being laid and stacked on top of each other as we were walking through 2020. And just um, like, like looking at it, let me just take you through the list of things that we talked about. Just before COVID exploded, he led us into a series called Reimagining to think about a different future than the one that we were expecting to happen. Then around Easter time, he led us into a series called Raised, R-A-Z-E-D, meaning to tear down, to raise, and we kind of used the death and the resurrection of Christ as an example of that, that sometimes God allows things to be torn down around us to raise up something new and something better. And then just before racial discord broke out, um, he had led us into a series called Cherishing. And in that series, God began to have us look around about what we cherish most in our lives, the people around us. And, and it's crazy, we're in the middle of that and all of a sudden we're being challenged about cherishing maybe a people group, uh, individuals that we normally weren't cherishing in our lives. And then when def- difficulty began to overwhelm us, he helped us create through the series here, moments of peace that in all the stuff that was going on, the cities on fire, protests that were taking place, rampant COVID, Um, uh, political upheaval that God was helping us create here moments, moments where we could experience his peace and his presence. And then when things started to be torn down and were were crumbling around us, God directed us through a series called Build. I, I love it. He's just stacking all these things right as we're walking through this year. And then when all the political hysteria ensued, Um, He led us to live through a series above the din, to be able to live above all the noise of what was going on and rather to uh, live successfully directed by his word. And then we finished up the year being challenged to be new kinds of learners, lovers, and leaders. 
And I, I think that was to prepare us for 2021, to draw us from a well, and that was the name of the series, to draw us from the well of old ways of doing things and to inspire us with streams of living water in our lives, uh, to be led by the Spirit of God, the inspiration of God, and the character of God. So, so why do I go through all this? It's because, you know, as I'm looking at 2020, um, I want to take a look at what God did in the middle of it. And one of the reasons is, is because just because there's going to be a change in the year doesn't mean that anything else is going to change around us. COVID doesn't care if you call it COVID-19, COVID-20, COVID-21. It doesn't care. Um, anger, bigotry, racism, uh, Division among us as a, as a society doesn't care if it happens on an even number year or an odd numbered year. And, and so that's one of the things that we need to be aware of. And the second thing that I learned was that God has proven that he can lead those who are willing to follow. That throughout 2020, I, I really saw the leadership of God directing my steps as an individual. Uh, I think we saw it as a congregation, as, as a people of God, that we saw that in the middle of all the stuff that was going on, that he really is faithful to lead us. And I don't think I have had to have that kind of hand-holding leadership in my life in a long time where I was really dependent on God to help me take the next step. What I, you know, when I was looking at 2020 and what I would call it, 2020 was a year of exposure. Um, and I'm not talking about a year of exposure to COVID or to, to a lot of news or a lot of negativity or social upheaval or um, the things that were going on in our country. But 2020 was a year that kind of exposed me or maybe I could say exposed us. It was a year when um, we found out what our metal was, what we were made out of. It was the covers were taken off of our Christianity, our walk with God, our country, our democracy, um, our e concepts of equality, all those things where it was like the covers were taken off to find out, you know, what are we really like? And, and I feel 2020 is the year of exposure. So um, retrospectively, uh, what I'm doing personally is looking back and seeing how did I do? Now, not with shame, but I'm, I'm looking back to see how did I do in 2020? What were the things that were exposed in my life? And the reason why I do this is to strengthen my walk, to... Um, correct my course, to learn from the things that went on in 2020. So I've asked myself some questions and I would just encourage you to, you know, hear these questions and ask them of yourself. Um, how did I respond when biases were challenged? That was an interesting time. You remember it was sometime about June um, when we talked about biases and how we all live with biases. How did you respond when your personal bias was exposed or just challenged? Because, you know, for some of us, just being told that we had a bias, some of us got offended immediately um, and just turned off everything or just decided to shut down. We went into a kind of cognitive dissonance. We just decided that I could not be talked to on this particular issue. How did you do when, when your biases were challenged? Whether the conversation was right or not, how did you do with the challenge? 
I asked myself, how did I, how did I fare when I was afraid of being canceled as a pastor, as an individual? Um, did I pull back telling the truth? Did I, did I become so afraid of being dismissed by our culture or attacked by our culture that I was willing to compromise truth? Um, did I make any positive changes on the issues of racism? Again, as we walk through that, and whether you agreed with some of the issues or not, or some of the organizations that rose up in the middle of it, um, did you make any positive changes? Did you implement some different way of interacting with people that are different than you? Uh, are people of race and, and difference of you, than you, are they safe with you? Are they, are they more encouraged around you? Are they more accepted around you? Did I make any change? Did we make any change or was it just rhetoric? Another thing I asked myself is, um, did I put my personal liberties above keeping others safe? This was a big one. And, and you got to ask yourself if, if you did this. You know, the whole mask thing, and we debated about masks, and we, you know, shutting things down and all that. And, and, and I know there was a, a real time of anger for all of us, and we were kind of ticked off about the science, whether the science was right, whether everything was just political and it was just manipulating us, or was it the Chinese or, or the Republicans or the Democrats, or you know, all of that came on. And, and let me ask you, in the middle of it, did you fight for your personal liberties or did you take the path of the Good Samaritan? Or what Paul says, look not on your own interests but on the interests of others. Your fight with the mask. I mean, I could probably call that a message all by itself. Your fight with the mask. It, it was not just a fight over science. It was a, a fight over whether or not your personal liber liberties could be restricted for the sake of another person's well-being. How'd you do with that? Um, how about, did I spread discord or unity? Was I a part of the negativity in 2020? Was I the one that was always out there posting stuff that was negative, attacking people, um, putting out discord? Or, or was I somebody that kind of restored people? How did I allow fear to affect my life? The fear of COVID, how did I, how did I do with that? Did I... Run and hide, did I, you know, how did fear uh, affect my life? Did I set a good example? You know, I think about it with my wife, I think with my children, with my um, community, with my church. I, I just think, how did I do? Was I somebody that could be followed in the middle of 2020? When, when we all didn't know the information, we all didn't understand the data, we didn't know the forces that were operating behind the the curtain like in The Wizard of Oz. Um, did I set a good example in the midst of it? Uh, here's, here's a tough one. Did I remain faithful to God and to his principles? That one, that one is really a, a big one. Um, did I stay true to his word? How did you do? Uh, how did you uh, do with his principles? Or did you just stop on God and continue on with life. I mean, so let me, again, this is not a search for shame, but rather to understand how did I do? Because 2021 is waiting for us and, and all the years after that, and they will all have their own intrinsic challenges. 
And this is an opportunity for us, and I think most of us are making it out of 2020, for us to see, wow, was, was I really battle-dressed? Was I ready for, for the challenges? It's because there'll be other challenges that will either be personal or they'll be social. Um, and so how did I do? And, and the big one is, is, did I remain faithful to God and his principles? How about you? Did you? You know, when I, I'm going to ask you a tough question is, is uh, what part was God in all this for you? Did you continue in his word? Uh, did you continue in fellowship if you are not at risk? You know, when I look at some of the, the data and the metrics that we have here at Crosstown, um, we notice that over half the people in our church stopped honoring the Lord with giving. Um, but yet I'm not sure that half the people in our church lost their jobs. Um, what, what happened in the middle of all that? I know some people were at risk and so they could not attend physically. But yet, did you find yourself going to your kids' sporting events and sending your kids back to school and going back to shopping at Publix and Targets and going back to work, but yet decided that church was too risky to go back to? What was it that made you decide that? And this is not, a, again, a search for shame. This is to find out the strength of our convictions, to find out what do we really believe. And maybe you found out that you didn't do so well in some of these areas, like I found out myself. So here's what I do in my own personal life when I'm exposed and, and when exposure takes place, and it happens a lot in my life. The first thing I do is I eliminate any shame. Because that's not good moving forward. That shame really can't positively motivate you. Conviction can positively motivate you. Guilt, when it's resolved, can positively motivate you. But shame does, is, is just an unresolved perspective of yourselves, your personal mistakes that you tend to carry forward with you. So the first thing in about 2020, I would say if you just didn't do real well on the race issue or the, the church issue or the giving issue or fear or unity is, is eliminate the shame. There's a story of a woman caught in adultery. And I think the word caught is like the word exposure. She was in exposure. And the scripture says that she was, in John chapter 8, says that she was actually caught in the act of adultery. That's, that's very raw exposure. And 2020 provided all of us with moments where the exposure was raw. Um, and after she was caught and those who caught her wanted to condemn her and Jesus challenged them about, about their own sins, Jesus said to her after they walked away and could not condemn her, Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. See, that's, that's the positive outlook of exposure, is that you see that, okay, I am capable of racism. I'm capable of, of uh, being unfaithful. Um, um, it's kind of like what Peter experienced. When Jesus told him, just about the time when Jesus is going to get arrested to be crucified, Jesus says, hey, you know, all you guys are going to run. And Peter says, there's no way that's going to happen to me. And, and Jesus says, hey, listen, you're going to be exposed. 
and before the, the, the uh, rooster crows three times, you're going to be exposed. And Peter just could not believe. And he says, no, Lord, not me. Maybe one of the other guys, but not me. I'll never do that. I'll follow you into death. And there he is just a, a few hours later finding himself totally exposed. So I don't want you to... I don't want you to beat yourself up about it, but we do need to realize that maybe in the midst of this that we were not living as best as Christ would want us to live. And so we go to God with our, with our failure, with our exposure and say, God, here it is. Um, I was caught in the act and um, I ask that you forgive me. And that's why I love what he says to this woman. He says, okay, I, I know you got caught. I know that you weren't as faithful. I, I know you got scared. I know you were part of the problem and less part of the solution. He says, but I don't condemn you. Now go and, and let's do better in 2021. The second thing I do after I eliminate shame is um, I seek to restore what I lost. It's like, okay, what, what did I blow up in 2020? What, what did I lose in the middle of it? What did I compromise? What did I leave behind that I need to go back? You know, when uh, Jesus was out teaching, he walked past a gentleman named Zacchaeus, and we all know the story of him being a, uh, a man of small stature that climbed up a tree and had to go out on the very limb of the tree to see Jesus. And Jesus looks up to him and says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house tonight for dinner. And Zacchaeus comes down from the tree and he's incredibly excited. Now, Zacchaeus has a reputation. He's exposed. Everybody knows that he's a tax collector. Everybody knows that um, he holds ungodly type of parties at his house. Everybody knows. I mean, he's totally exposed. But Jesus decides, hey, I want to be at your house. Zacchaeus is so overwhelmed with... Um, the love of God and the friendship of God in the middle of his life, even in the middle of his exposure, that he turns around and he says this to, to Jesus. Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. See, one of the things that we need to do is to look back and see, hey, what did I lose in the middle of all this? Maybe I need to go back and restore that. Maybe I need to plug myself back into my church. Maybe I need to go back to that individual and restore that relationship. There are people that I know that I had political differences with that God has just really challenged me that between uh, now and next Sunday, I'm supposed to go to their house and I'm supposed to knock on their door and I'm supposed to restore that relationship because it got left behind um, because of some of the differences that we had. So that's what happens when I, I find myself exposed and that I've, that I've failed is I, I, I do my best to restore what was lost. Then the third thing that I do is I move forward. I don't stay stuck in it. You know, I don't allow anybody to say, shame on you, Paul, and then live in the definition of my failure or defined by my failure. I love what the Apostle Paul says. He says this in Philippians chapter three, in starting in verse 12. He says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. That's a good way to go into 2021 after a 2020, is that I realize I didn't do it perfect. 
I didn't do 2020 the best way that it could be done. But he says, but I press on to make it my own because Jesus Christ has made me his own. See, it's understanding my imperfections and not letting them envision my life. See, a lot of times we can allow our imperfections and the knowledge of our imperfections to envision our future. Well, Paul, you're, you have a problem with this, so you will always have a problem with this, and therefore you screwed up in this way in 2020. Well, your life is going to head in this direction. And the Apostle Paul is like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to let my failures become the vision for my future. Uh, I'm not going to let my failures also be my excuse for from moving forward. I'm not gonna let that stuff stop me. Um, But he says, I press on to make it mine. I press on to to become better in 2020, to to walk in the will of God and the purposes of God and the strength of God. He goes, I I press forward on this. I'm not gonna stay stuck in the shame. Um, I'm not gonna just stay in the loss, but rather I'm going to begin to press on in a renewed forgiveness and strength of God, and I'm gonna to try to continue, I'm gonna to try to make this mine. I'm gonna to try to make patience mine, and courage mine, and strength mine, and love, and, and um, tolerance, and all these wonderful things that God may be negatively exposed to me in, in my life. You know, let me just, let me tell you about something that got exposed. And I'm probably gonna get in trouble for, for saying this, but, Whatever, uh, like I said, I practice these things of exposure, and once I'm good with God on it. Um, but the other day, I was watching a football game, and the uh, announcer of the football game, to my surprise, was a woman. Now, immediately, I'm 61 years old. I'm a baby boomer. I'm as pretty much as white as you can get, so I fit into a social class if that's where you want to put me. And uh, I was behaving just according to that social class. I, I, I told my wife, I said, there's no way I'm listening to this lady, um, you know, about this, you know, do the sports game, you know? It's like, she doesn't know about football. And, and I got really uh, indignant about it. It's like, no, I'm not watching the game. She goes, really? I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not listening to a woman. And, and, and then I'm, and <laughs> I'm just telling on myself here, okay? But... I assumed that if she was a woman that was involved in sports, that she must have been a lesbian. Now, I know some of you are like, your jaw just dropped that I admitted that, but hey, exposure, when combined with the removal of shame and moving forward and learning better, is the only way we're going to move forward as a country and as people. If we are hiding all that, then we'll never deal with it. So I, so I just thought, well, you know, uh, for some reason in my stupid brain, I thought that, well, you know, lesbians do sports and, you know, again, I know it's wrong. I know it's stupid. And, and so I decided to, uh, in this moment, I Googled to find out who the sportscaster was to kind of prove my bias. And sure enough, it was like a 55-year-old woman who had a husband and three kids and was a professional journalist and... Um, you know, uh, looked very much like my wife. And, and all of a sudden I realized, oh my gosh, I, I am exposed. Uh, I really had this cognitive dissonance in my head 
that women can't do sports, or if women do sports, they're, they're of this particular, you know, sexual disposition. And, and so um, uh, I realize that, that I have been exposed. So I've decided I will no longer be defined by that old bias. And I strive to make the way Christ thinks mine. And why does Paul do it? It's because he says he belongs. He belongs to Christ. He says, I try to make thinking right about whether it's women or whether it's blacks or whites or uh, whoever it may be. He says, I try to make right thinking about church, about giving, about serving, about all those things. He says, I try to make those mine. Didn't do real good in 2020, but in 2021, I press forward to make those mine. Why? Because I'm safe in a place of belonging with Christ. He has already made me his. So from a position and strength of belonging. He continues, brothers, I do not consider I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Boy, some of us need to practice some good forgetting. I mean, after we've done the, the, the process of reconciliation with God and with, with others, there's a time when we just need to move on. We need to decide and make the choice, the God gift of forgetting, leaving shame where it should remain, and that's with God. I love what he says also, straining forward. The word that I think that best represents the word straining is endeavoring. You know, um, don't go into 2021 without endeavoring. You know, it's like, okay, I endeavor to be more like Christ. I'm endeavoring not to be just a 61-year-old white male baby boomer and everybody can figure out how I think. But rather, I am endeavoring to think like Christ, to have Christ formed in me, to empower me, and to lead me into being transformed into something brand new. Paul continues and says, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, for Paul, the world is not my measure or my goal. See, for him, he says, That's, I'm not comparing myself to the Democrats or to the Republicans or to the blacks or to the whites or to the, the females or the males or the homosexuals or to the heterosexuals. He's like, you know, I'm not sitting here, you know, uh, comparing myself to what the world standard is. My endeavoring is to be the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's like that's, that's what I'm striving for. I'm not just striving to be a good American or to make America great again or, or to just be politically tolerant. Or, you know, and those are all maybe good things, but rather Paul's, Paul's standard was so much higher and it would fulfill any need that America or my family or my marriage or my church would ever need. But he, he was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not gonna compare myself on, on how my friends did in 2020. I'm not gonna compare myself to, to how this church over here did in 2020. But rather, I am going to set my sights on becoming more like Christ, the high calling of God. And then he finishes up. He says, let those of us who are mature think this way. 
let those of us who are mature think this way. Now, I know if you're still hanging with me on this today, you may, you may say, wow, you really just kind of exposed a lot of stuff. Well, that's what mature people do. See, mature people are willing to expose faulty thinking in their minds. Um, mature people in Christ, people who belong to Christ, who understand the safety of being in Christ, who understand that it's that he is faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me of all the stupid things I did in 2020. Mature people can do that. People who are confident in Christ are able to do that. And Paul says, let those of us who are mature think this way. This is the way we should be thinking. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. And that's what 2020 was for for America, for Crosstown, for me personally, was God revealing, exposing, um, uh, submitting us to exposure to find out how deep does my faith go? How deep does my love go? How, how deep does my racism go? How deep does my anger go or my civil liberties go? Um, how deep does my Good Samaritan spirit go? How deep does my giving go? Um, how deep does my fear go in my life? So when I look back at 2020, save all the lives that were lost, I have to think that God has done a good thing or allowed a good thing to occur in my life. And I, and I hope um, that it was a good thing for you as well. Not everybody that's caught in adultery ends up having a conversation with Jesus, go and sin no more. Um, just because we all had the same experience doesn't mean we're all having the same outcome. Um, how did you do? How close did you keep Christ in the midst of it? No matter how far you drifted away from any of the principles or, or how challenged you were and how bad you might have failed, um, that God wants to draw you back. God wants to recommission you. God wants to remove the shame and he wants to empower you in 2021. Paul said, let us hold true to what we have attained. And that's really something that God is speaking to me. As we're going into uh, this moment of expression, this time where we just uh, have a time with God and, and retrospectively thinking about what God has spoken to our hearts, um, God really wants us to hold on to what is true. And in 2020, I think for me, some of those things I started to lose my grip on. Some of those things I let drift away. But God wants us to move forward, not giving up any more ground in 2021. Some of those things he wants us to go back and he wants us to grab a hold of. You know, some of those things that God wants us to forget, some of the mistakes that we've made in the past. But he wants us to press forward. He doesn't want 2020 to be the end of it. He wants it to be the beginning of it. He wants it to be a platform from which we take our next steps forward to grow into the likeness of his son, Jesus. So, feeling a little exposed, feeling the exposure of 2021, well, you're safe with God. You're safe with us because we all felt the exposure. 
but God is faithful. Like that woman caught in the very act of adultery. That woman, though she was uncovered and everyone knew her mistake, was never in a safer place than in the presence of the forgiveness of God and in the loving eyes of Jesus. And that's where you are today. So press forward into forgiveness. Press forward into restoration. Press forward into truth, into Christ-likeness. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. And I know that so many people are going to record 2020 as the worst year of their lives. But God, for us who are called into relationship with you, for those of us who belong to God, um, it was a year where exposure could lead to growth. And Father, we thank you. I love the proverb that you wrote that said, faithful are the wounds of a friend. That in 2020, you were willing to wound a 61-year-old white baby boomer male pastor because you loved me so much that you were willing to risk my exposure for the sake of me becoming more like Christ. Father, we thank you for your forgiveness in this place, in this very room with us today, that your grace speaks to us. Neither do I condemn you for 2020, but let's strive forward and sin no more. Let's walk with God. Let's walk in the power of his spirit into 2021. In Jesus' name, amen.